a while since I've dusted off the old trumpet. So today, uh, Miss Amy has uh, generously agreed to play for me on the fly here. So we're going to be performing, I Gave My Life for Thee. You can follow along with the words if you'd like. It's number 281. But first, I got a tune, and I usually don't do this up front. I usually do it beforehand. But today is, uh, please excuse me. Scripture reading is in Matthew, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Good morning. Can you, uh, is this, is this, is this on? Last week I had trouble and I was speaking, preaching already, and they were like, hold on, we can't hear you. So I don't want to make that same mistake. All right, can you all hear me? 
Well, I am happy to be here with all of you. You know, thank you so much for making me feel so welcome. I, you know, I think I got the better deal here. I'm, I'm blessed to be here. I'm super happy. I've gotten to visit a little, uh, some of you, and I'm, you know, making it, my, 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 I'm making it that I can visit all of you. Don't know how long it will take me, but um, I hope to finish soon, before the winter, because I hear it's pretty bad. So, as uh, Brother Gogger, uh, is, uh, is it? Okay, I'm still trying to remember names, how to pronounce them. If, if I do say it wrong, I'm sorry. Please correct me. I won't be offended. Um, but I love how there is children here. You know, I've gone to churches. I've been uh, through other uh, conferences. And, and sometimes there is no children. And, and this, is, this is lovely. We're blessed. The Marshfield Church is blessed to have children among us. They are not the future. They're the present. And as I went around, I, I, I was able to, to go around Sabbath school, and I, if I came to you, uh, your classroom, you know, it, it, I love it because it's that one time that the whole, the, the, all, all of us at the same time are studying the same lesson. It's a blessing. But we came here to hear the Word of God, and God gave me a message that benefited me when I first studied and listened to it. And I pray that that may be the case for you all. Let us pray, and please also pray for me. You may think that I'm not nervous, but I am nervous. <laughs> so let us pray. Father in heaven, we are so delightful to know, knowing, knowing that you are here with us. Father, you are a God of mercy and grace. Lord, you look... You look at us, and you look at us of how you want us to be. Thank you for forgiving us. And Lord, use me because I need you at this time. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, when we read the Bible, uh, sometimes, or it happens to me, we don't grasp, grasp the, the depth of what the Bible says, those words that are, are, are given to God to those who wrote the Bible. And it's, it's something that helps me is knowing the context, knowing what was taking place or how that, those people thought when this was giving out or when, when this was being written. And so I want to give you a little bit of context about the book of Matthew. If you don't know, the book of Matthew was written by, by Matthew, of course. Well, not really, but he dictated to someone. And, and, and his purpose was to convince the Jew in his time that Jesus indeed was the Messiah. Because the Jew in those times, they, they had a perception of what the Messiah was and was going to do. They, 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 had been te- but they had been taught by their rabbis, their teachers, that the Messiah would come one day and he would govern Israel and he would uh, take him away from the oppression of the Romans. And that was their mindset. That's what they grew up with. That's what they, they grew up thinking. Imagine kids growing up thinking something or being taught something. And so we, we, we see this in the book, in, in the Gospels, of course. Remember the time when, when, when the mother of, I believe it was John, and, and his other brother, she comes and says, who is going to be sitting next to you? They had this idea that, that the Messiah would govern here on earth and, and would establish his kingdom here on earth and will, will overthrow the Romans. I mean, think about that. Being a Jew, knowing that that's what you've been taught, you hear that the Messiah is here now, and all you're thinking is we're finally going to be 
uh, you know, a, a nation again. We're finally going to be that great nation we heard of. Just think about it. The Messiah comes. For 400 years, this false teaching had been going on. Centuries had passed. And, and now finally the Messiah is here. And, and, and Matthew goes on trying to explain that he is not that Messiah, that he was a better and greater Messiah. And so Matthew, I love how he puts it. And, and you know, Matthew comes and, and he, he tells us that he goes and he gets baptized. He, he's taken by, by the Holy Spirit to the desert. He is tempted. And now then after that, he's picking his disciples and he's getting a little more fame. I mean, think about it. Someone that's been... Uh, that, that's here and he's finally teaching something that you have never heard or, or, or it's been said but never that way and he's getting attraction because what he's saying is it's things they've heard but never that way there's power in him and they're attracted to that you see young people following him you see kids wanting to go to him the sick the, the oppressed, the ones that are, were outcast, all of them, he's having a crowd. And if you read chapter 4 towards the end, the Bible tells us that, it, that, that there's a big crowd following him from all over the region. And Jesus, knowing that there were people there that were broken, Jesus, knowing that there were people there in need of him, Jesus, knowing that there were people there who had, who had felt guilt for so many years. Jesus knowing that there had been, that there was people among him that needed hope and encouragement. Do you need that today? Jesus knowing that, that his time had come. I mean, we, re- we read in the book of Luke, we read that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with men. He was, he was a human being just like you and I. He grew up, try, he, he grew up not knowing, he, he, he basically was born not knowing everything. He had to learn, and the Holy Spirit led him every single day. And, and, and he understood that as he saw and, and his eyes penetrated the other individuals that were among him, he saw broken hearts. He saw people with pain. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel hopeless? A time that you, you perhaps think everything's going to be all right, but time after time, day passes and things are not going well. Have you ever been there? And Jesus, seeing the multitude, he saw all these people. And the Jesus that we read in Matthew 5 is the same Jesus today. Let me say that again. The same Jesus that we find, the, the Jesus that we find in Matthew 5, is the same Jesus today. And yes, we are in a pandemic. I mean, we're all wearing masks. And lovely story here, the freedom, we have to care for one another. And Jesus sees what's going on in this earth, what's going on in the states. People losing jobs. People losing loved ones. Perhaps you have family members that once came to church and you're praying for them. And they're not here yet. Jesus sees that. And it's beautiful. The, the, the way, let's go to chapter 5. 
There's a crowd that's following him. There's a crowd of sick people, outcasts. There's a crowd that, that is in desperately need of hope. Chapter 5. Now, now, now picture this with me. You've grown up your whole entire life thinking that the Messiah was to overthrow the Romans, that, that, that he was going to take it by force and all of this thing. Just think about that. And here comes a teacher who has a following, does not have a home to live and sleep in, wears the same clothes, not because he was poor or anything, but because he tried to show others what the real gospel was all about. And here, Matthew 5, Verse 1 says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up where? On the mountain. Because it would have been difficult for him to start speaking where he was in eye level, in, in, the, in the ground level. So he has to get he has to get up in the mountain. So that way when he projects, everyone can hear him. The word keeps going and says, And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the what? In spirit. That was a thought that revolutionized every single one that day. Because they had been taught differently. They had been taught that those who were blessed were the rich. Those who were or had merits or those who had righteousness. They had been taught that those who had sin, those who had guilt, those who had lost hope were not blessed. And I'm here to tell you today that if you have sin in your life, there is power in Christ. I'm here to tell you today if there's no hope, Jesus gives you hope. I'm here to tell you today that the same Jesus who pronounced blessed, that the same Jesus who pronounced it is written to Satan is telling you today, blessed art thou. Let me say that again because I don't think we all captured it. Blessed art thou. And those hearing there at that moment, in that mountain. You can, I can picture Jesus looking at people with tears because all their life they had been taught that only the rich, only the righteous were blessed. But he goes on and he says, blessed are those who are what? Poor in spirit. Well, what does this mean to be poor in spirit? You see, the same word, this Greek word, is also used in Luke, the book of Luke, trying to describe Lazarus when he was a beggar outside of the temple. So God, Jesus is saying here, listen, I need you to understand something. In order to be blessed, you don't have to be righteous. You don't have to be rich or, or have merits to attain salvation. No, you have to do something. You have to be Poor in spirit. Poor in spirit also conveys the sense, the recognition of poverty, genuine poverty, not of just words, but acts. So, so what, am, what, what is God trying to say here? 
Oh, I'm sorry, I lost my notes here. Oh, here it is, okay. What, what, what is God was saying is, is, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. So in other words, God was saying, listen, it, it's easy. Oh, by the way, the blessed in, in the original language means happy. And, you know, we, we kind of have lost the meaning of what happy is, what true happiness is. Of course, we get happy. I mean, I would get happy if someone were to give me money. Who wouldn't? Or maybe when you have a gift for Christmas. Who loves gifts for Christmas? I do. I sure do. You know, those are times that we are happy. But God was saying, listen, I want you to know that when you're broken in spirit, imagine, do you remember the time you were baptized as a kid or maybe as an adult? And you came out the water and you felt joy in your heart? God, God is saying, listen, you, you, in order to be broken in spirit, you have to realize something that you're totally dependent on me. Because when we have problems, it is easy to lose focus of Christ and try to solve our own problems. That's the human nature. And God's saying, listen, to be broken in spirit, you have to realize that you cannot do it yourself. You cannot. And God is, is telling a, a, a teaching that had been written long ago, but now he is saying what the true gospel is really about, and which is total dependence of Jesus Christ. Do you want to be total dependent of Jesus Christ? Do you want to be total dependent of Jesus Christ when the enemy comes and tries to discourage you? When the enemy tries to come and say, you are not good enough. Do you want to be dependent of Jesus Christ? I sure do. Because the enemy tries and tries. But let me tell you, God is more powerful. I didn't hear an amen there. God is is more powerful. Do you believe that? Have you seen it in your life? I remember when I was, by the way, uh, a quick parenthesis here. I know in the Rapids Church, they wanted to know how old I was because uh, clearly I look young. And if I did not have this beard, I I even look younger. So this is why I keep the beard, by the way. I, I am 27. So, well, oh, wow. I, I, thought, I thought that was, you know, old enough. Anyways, um, sorry. See, I don't really like doing, uh, doing that because then I lost my train of thought now. Um, let's go back. Sorry about that. that close parentheses. We're, we're back. Yes, God is great. Thank you. Jesus Christ wants to tell us this morning, blessed art thou. But not just that, he wants to tell you something even more. You need to depend on me. Without me, you cannot do anything. And as we look forward, as I, as, as I, 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 I come to meet you and as I grow with you, I want our church, whatever we do, whatever we plan, whatever we decide to move on forward, to always remember to depend on God, to trust on God. Oh, yes, I remember what I was going to say. When I was a teenager, I wanted to know what, what God was really about. 
we probably have a few teenagers here today or close to be teenagers. Let me tell you, teenagers, as a church, I want to say something. Teenagers, teenager years are crucial. We're trying to find out who we are, what we're going to be, what, we're, what God has called us to be. Let's not forget about them. And so as a teenager, I wanted God to be real in my life. And I searched, and God found me. I didn't find him. He found me. And so God has given me experience after experience, and, and, and I will tell you guys some of it in my sermons, of course, but what I'm trying to say is that he has been teaching me, and I'm sure that he has been teaching you throughout your years to depend on God. Because in a relationship, there needs to be what? There needs to be trust. If there is no trust, there's no obedience. Let me say that again. If there is no trust, there is no what? Obedience. Because when you trust someone, when you realize that you need to depend on someone, when you know that you're, you're going to say something to hurt the other individual, when you know that you're, you're a liar, when you know that you don't love that person, you need to trust on God because or else you're going to fail. And little by little, God gives us a glimpse of how to do it. And here Jesus is saying, blessed art thou, who are, who are poor in spirit. But he, the promise is even better. He says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit for what? For theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. In the Gospels we read that Jesus Christ was the kingdom of heaven walking on earth. And God is saying to them and saying to you, listen, blessed are those who are totally dependent on me, who humble themselves, realize and realize that they cannot do anything without me. And when that happens in your life and in my life, I will give you myself to you. That is the promise. That is the promise that he is giving us today. I remember George. George has a, a, great, a, a great story. George was from Bolivia. I mean, he, he was a successful business person, engineer. I mean, he had it all. And he said that one day he met his wife. And they went, they married, they went on to their honeymoon. And on, the, on their way back, he was driving. They had not slept the whole, the, the night because they were driving. And on the way back, he kind of fell asleep on the wheel. He went off the road, crashed. He survived, but his young wife did not. Think about it. The guilt that he lived for so many years, 20 years had passed, he had become an alcoholic, dependent on things of the earth because he could not get rid of that guilt. He says that as he was walking the streets, the city, there was rain pouring down, and he needed to take shelter. And he found a stadium, and he thought to himself, there's, there's no soccer team playing here. And so because he wanted to take shelter, be dry, he went into that stadium, and long and behold, there was a preacher there preaching. He was a little drunk, but the spirit captivated. The preacher made an altar call and, and tumbling down the aisle, 
people laughing because they could not see, they thought he was not serious, went up into the, in, in, into the altar call. Why? Because he heard, blessed are the poor in spirit. The Holy Spirit was working in him. He came the next night, and then the next, and then the next. He wanted to be baptized, and the elders said, you can't, because they had seen him drunk. The preacher who was speaking recognized him one day as he came to the altar because he no longer looked like a beggar with raggedy clothes, ripped jeans, long hair, smelling. George had gone that day to cut his hair, buy clothes, take a shower. God was already working in him. The kingdom of God was in his heart. And the preacher said, I recognize you. He says, yes, I am that person. Why don't you make a decision? And and with his tears in his face, they will not let me baptize. Why? And so George told his story. The elder that was around, he heard and he started crying. I'm here to tell you that, that George was baptized and he serves in the church now. Because he recognized those words of Jesus, blessed art thou in spirit. And those individuals have the kingdom of God. And today God is trying to tell you and I, blessed art thou. You need hope? Jesus gives you that hope. You need to feel loved? Jesus loves you. And you want Jesus to be in your heart? He has already offered that to you. My prayer is that as we move on forward, we would never forget the basic of surrendering to him, trusting him, because he has promised far greater things than what we will ever give to him. Is there anyone here who wants to be called blessed by God? Is there anyone here who wants to tell Jesus, Jesus, I may not have you in my heart at this moment because I am mad at the individual or, or something happened this week and you may see that life is not fair, but Lord, please live in me. Give me your kingdom. Is there anyone here? If you want to join me standing up and saying, Lord, I want to be blessed by you. I want to be happy. And the good times... And in the bad times. And God is promising us today the kingdom of heaven is yours. I know one day we'll all meet George. And he wants to meet you too. Tell you his story more in detail. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you, Lord, for looking at us and not seeing who we really are and looking at your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to us even when we don't want it. Lord, we are here 
standing up, recognizing that we desperately need you. Lord, we want to be blessed, but we know we cannot be blessed if we do not recognize that we cannot do anything without you. So help us, Lord, be blessed so that way the promise that you gave may be ours too, which is receiving the kingdom of heaven. Lord, bless us today. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.